Welcome to Afternoon Delight. Real people and real stories. A local podcast for local artists. Hello everyone, welcome back to Afternoon Delight with myself, Jordy Delight. It has been such an interesting week for myself. I have started what I thought was going to be my self-care two weeks where I wasn't going to work apart from do Afternoon Delight for all you lovely listeners. Um, But unfortunately, when a super moon in Scorpio happens, everyone decides to send me 100 emails and I have had some good stuff going on. I got um, a commission that I'd went for. Um, It had been rejected two times by two big organisations and finally an organisation that I've never worked with before have said they want to commission it and I'm going to be working with Raylene Goody and Mandy Rayner who both did Afternoon Delight season one and yeah it's going to be such an incredible piece I'm looking at the transformative ways medication can change your life by uh, doing something in drag so you'll all see it soon it's going to be dropping the second third week in May I think May the 19th so I, uh, I'm going to cut that self-care short, I'm not, because I'm going to have to get it done in the next 10 days. But nonetheless, it's amazing news. And I'm so excited and energised from that. And I'm excited and energised for the next guest. I met this drag queen briefly when I was drunk at Tracks uh, Mondays back in 2019 when they did um, Subway Cowgate's Drag Night Tracks Mondays. And they were absolutely incredible, young, youthful. Felt a bit like the stepmother in Snow White wanting to kind of keep my youth and take hers away. (laughs) She um, is absolutely gorgeous um, in drag. She is an incredible dancer, hard worker. Um, Really, really, really impressed, actually, when she speaks of her repertoire work and what she's done at the age of fucking, like, 20, 21. I just thought to myself, like, wow, I mean... She's setting an example, let me tell you, for younger queens that want to do this, or artists in general. Um, and she's absolutely amazing. We had her do the House of Liability um, show. And she had retweeted my BBC Social video and put the loveliest comments about it that, in her opinion, that was, you know, what icons or legends were made of. I think that's what she said. It was the most lovely thing, and I kind of didn't expect it. But I like people that keep me guessing, and she definitely does. And getting to know her personally and privately before and after Afternoon Delight's been an absolute gem. I think me and her will hopefully work together a bit more once the pandemic's settled, or even during the pandemic, who knows. But it's absolutely a delight to introduce the diva from Dundee, that is drag royalty from Dundee, Miss Peaches. Crazy on the stage, dancing in heels. She is a diva at heart. She's a delightful diva, in my opinion. And I'm so glad that I've got Dundee's royalty, Miss Peaches. How are you doing? Hi. Hello, honey. I am so good. Feeling refreshed, feeling energised. Just feeling very blessed, if I'm being completely honest, at this point. You know, we're in nearly the halfway mark through 2021. And things are slowly but surely starting to get back to normal. And the blessings keep coming. So you've got to keep your blessings. I love that. Keep your blessings. You've been, obviously, you've been quite busy. You've been moving flat. I seen on your Instagram yesterday that you found some interesting things in your flat. Do you want to share? (laughs) So, um... 
for those of you who don't know me, I am Miss Peaches from this scheme, which is known as Kirkton. Um, and I just moved out roughly just over a month ago with my partner of nearly five years. So we've been in the flat for roughly a month. And there's a little hatch behind the front door that we knew was like for storage. The landlord told us the old tenant had left some stuff in there. Um, so I'm in, I'm currently sitting in my drag room that I'm trying to doll up and get done up. You can, you can see a rack here. Um, well, the viewers at home can't see a rack, but Jordy can. And there's some, you know, shreds of rolled up spare carpet. So I thought, you know what, I'll shove it in the hatch. Um, I grab myself a stool, open the hatch, and there's a box, just this mysterious box at the edge of the hatch. And I pull it down, and me and my, me and my boyfriend are stood there, and I could just, and a lip of the box is open, and I could just see a tube. And I'm looking, and I'm like, hmm. and we look at each other, you know, with that look on our face, like, hmm. And I open the box, and the first thing we see is a penis pump, Miss Mama. And <laughs> let me give you some background. The old tenants were, were an elderly Turkish couple. Okay? <laughs> an elderly ass Turkish couple. So you can believe the shock on our faces. And we're like, and I grabbed the uh, penis pump by the tube because that's not really a part you touch, you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, look, and we're, I'm like holding it and we're like having a giggle. And I noticed there's something else in the box also and it's inside a box. And I go to pick up this box and it's wildly heavy, okay? And I pick it up and I didn't even have to take it out of the box to see because I seen the suction cup poking out the end of the box. And I thought, oh, no, let me catch this on video. I need to story this. And that's just what I did. And I threw it out of the box. And here it is, a 10-inch suction cup dildo flops out this box. And I, I was in hysterics. My boyfriend could not stop laughing at the thought of our elderly old Turkish tenants. Because who is the dildo for? We'll never know. <laughs> I really want to know the backstory with this. I feel like you need to now write a digital like drag performance about this and use it as props. <laughs> Very weird. A letter came yesterday from the lady, the old Turkish lady. So I think I might give her a little Facebook, you know, a little. Ah. Like, Hello, dark viewers. <laughs> you should send her some photos. Like you left something tall. Do you want to pick it up? <laughs> yeah, just me with a selfie, like I've caught a fish. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Audio. <laughs> I have done, babe. I have done three seasons of Afternoon Delight, right? And that is without a doubt the funniest and best entrance we've had so far like praise to you like that was iconic Listen, this is what it's about not totally and i really need that right now because i've had such a heavy week so thank you so for my listeners could you introduce yourself that would be absolutely incredible so hello everyone my name is miss peaches i am dundee's scheme queen um i come from the scheme live by the scheme and only live by the scheme if you're trying to take me out the scheme you can't take the scheme out of me that's the way it is um so that's me i've been doing drag for four years now i've been practicing makeup for four years and um, performing for three and a half and i've just you know been starting from the bottom and now we are here Started from the bottom and now you're a raging top, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so funny because anyone who knows me will say, absolutely not. Totally, no. Well, I'm the same now. <laughs> People are like, I okay. <laughs> That's so funny. So, you know, it's interesting because I think we were talking about this before we started this interview with Peaches. You know, I think, I find people like you quite 
um, inspiring in the drag community just because when I started drag at like 19, 20, some of the things that you've been doing at your age of 21, I'm like, wow, that is some incredible yeah. shit. Like, you know, you're one of the first drag artists I've got who have said, can you talk me for your highlights? Because I'm like, wow, you're doing such incredible work. You must be like, are you burnt out sometimes because you're doing so much? I, I get burnt out without knowing I'm burnt out, burnt out mm. um, because I've always worked. I've always been raised like you need to work and if you're not working you're not you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to achieve what you want to do you're not going to achieve your dreams by being sat at home on the couch twiddling your thumbs waiting for an opportunity to come to you you got to go get it yeah. so um that's that's always been my mentality you know I've got I've got to work I've got to go get it and there has been times you know pre-pandemic pre where I was just I was doing five to six gigs a week um, on you know, I was just working, 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 and I was I was doing the thing, you know what I mean. Yeah. And in between gigs, I was doing rehearsals for maybe an upcoming thing, and mm. it was just it was a lot, it was a lot. And on top of that, um, pre pre pandemic, I'd only been a full time drag queen since the previous August. So previously to August, I was doing all that and having a full time job, you know. So mm -hmm. diva, it's, it's I I never ever took a minute to stand back and see what I was doing or appreciate what I was doing. It wasn't until pandemic came when I had nothing mm. that um, I, I really did look back and I was like, why didn't I just take a minute to like stop and view myself and what I'd done in my work? Um, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that into practice a lot more. And you know what? You're not the only drag queen to actually come on or drag artist in general to say that I was the exact same as you. I know so many I've interviewed for Afternoon Delight who've said to me that they were doing so much that they were never taking in and sitting down and going, wow, look at what I'm doing. They were just, when's the next gig coming? Because it is that thing in the industry, let alone drag, that, you know, we're so reliant on, well, when's the next bit of money coming in? Because, you know, things never always last. And then the pandemic really showed us that, didn't it? It kind of took it away and it's like, all right, so things really might never last. <laughs> like, it's so intense and hard going. Um, so, yeah. yeah, talk me through then, right? I want to know more. So, like you know Miss Peaches obviously comes about but before drag you know what was your life like you know what where did you grow up study what did you do like you know I'd like to know more about that my life before and I always I said this literally the other week to one of my gals um me previous to drag I want to hug that person filthy like that was I had no purpose before drag whatsoever I was in school I was not I was, school was not for me um, growing up. I just wasn't a school person. I left school at 15. And as soon as I left school, I went into college and did art. Now, a lot of people do not have me pegged as an artistic type of queen. And neither do I, to be completely honest. But I, I do have the art background and chops to, you know, really produce some, you know, really artistic, well-executed content. But that's just not who I am anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that really helped me going into drag. Um, and I, I got a job. I started working at McDonald's. I was I was the original McDonald's queen. <laughs> okay? I was the first. Let it be known. <laughs> so I worked at McDonald's for like two and a half years. Okay? Um, I just had about... I was doing just about everything in that place. I left, joined a call centre for... Um, Tesco <laughs> worked in the Tesco call center um but that was 
I started doing drag when I was working in McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, the, the day-to-day life was just work, go home, work, go home. I had nothing in between to inspire me and nothing to really keep me. So I, it was just, it was such a bleak life. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Do you know what? It's so interesting though, right? Because you say that your friends and colleagues and stuff, like, and you yourself don't kind of go, oh yeah, I must be an art queen. But I see it because for me, there's always been this thing that when drag artists say, you know, oh, I'm not an artist, I'm just a drag queen. And I'm like, well, if you can paint your face, you are an artist because it's just taking it from paper, but putting it on your face and blending it out. I can see it for you. It doesn't surprise me that you would have been good at art at all. You've got one of, I think if I was to, and I shouldn't probably say this probably, but if I took a list of my favorite mugs in the Scottish scene, you're definitely top three. (laughs) Like I think, oh, wow, she can do it. (laughs) So no, I'm not surprised that, when it comes to art, you did art because you clearly know how to use stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Colours, the blending, mama. Even though if you, you know, let's not talk about 2018 peaches. She did not know what a blend was. However, <laughs> we've got it together. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and so so for me then, you, you started obviously doing drag. What got you into it then? Like, what got you into drag? It was a combination of a lot of things that led to drag for me. Um, so I remember, so the first ever drag queens I saw were Dame Edna Everidge and Lily Savage. Bottom line, first ever drag queens I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And um, dra- I was never, ma- I was not made aware of drag race until I was 16. Um, and that was roughly when season seven was um, airing. Um, and I remember seeing RuPaul on the TV at the time, did not know it was RuPaul. I was like, wow, that woman is really beautiful. <laughs> that woman is so beautiful and I never batted an eyelid again, of it again until I then properly discovered Drag Race and my boyfriend was like you would be so good at that like you're such a good dancer um, you know you'd be really good at that I think you should give it a try but um, it was this and I'm not afraid to say it but because back then I was so scared of femininity being even more feminine mm-hmm. if you know what I mean yep. um, that I didn't want people knowing that side of me you know and I think a lot of people can relate because why do we hide the fact that we're drag queens if we're already out as queer why do we hide it to begin with it's I I genuinely do think it's because there there is a touch of a misogynistic tendency in us that do not allow us to be that outwardly feminine do you know what I mean and that's something that drag really taught me to just, you know, slap out of you, do you know what I mean? And the more I did drag, the better I got, of course. And <laughs> the more the more I realised, like, why am I hiding it? I'm good at this. Yeah. It's, it's something to be empowered by. So um, it was my boyfriend that encouraged me to do it. Yeah. I would say maybe the main point, because I knew if he was okay with it, then I'm like, ooh, I've got a partner in crime. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. I love that he's behind that, because there is such a thing in the queer community that... If you tell guys on dating apps, this is mine, and I think 78 other experiences in the community that if you tell them you're a drag artist, all of a sudden it's, oh, no, thank you. And, and it never really does make sense why um, people that were gay in the community would be weird about drag. It just doesn't really make sense to me, but it's an unfortunate thing. So I'm glad your partner's like so supportive. That's incredible. So, you know, when was your first gig then? How did you do that? My God, I've never said this on the record before. Okay, never ever said this on record. Right. Um, because I oh, oh my God, I can't listen to this. So I thought 
if I said this, she would fucking kill me. Okay. Now, I, I need to give you preference for the story because this is this is a story, okay? So I my first gig was the 5th of December 2017. Okay. And it was at a building in Dundee that is no longer there. It's been demolished since. Mm-hmm. Called the Baxter Street. And I seen they were advertising for a drag queen needed for their ladies' night. Okay. So I'd given them a message, spoke the biggest lot of shite about things I'd done, things I do at my gig, what kind of queen I I spoke the uttermost shit to secure this gig. And he said, okay, come in for a meeting with me. I said, do I have to be drag? He said, no, 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 just come along. I went along and this man told me a story about how the year <laughs> about the year previous he had Ellie Diamond. And he said that um he put Ellie the year before and Ellie had came back this time and quoted him a lot more and he didn't he didn't want to pay her it, which I didn't which I didn't I didn't like that he said that, but I was like, okay, because I wasn't I wasn't charging him that much anyway. Mm-hmm. And um so I told him that I, you know, what I did at the gig and he gave me the gig, even though Ellie was coming for it. And Ellie didn't know this. Okay. And I went and I did the gig. I did six numbers that night. One of the numbers was 15 minutes long. Um, <laughs> so I really did my stuff. The place was packed. And then after the gig, I got £50 in tips and he paid me more than the fee Ellie asked for. Wow. <laughs> And top all off, he didn't change the tickets. He had more from the year previous and all the tickets said Ellie Diamond on them. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I can't tell her this because she, well, killed me. Because I was like, you know, back then in the the drag scene when there wasn't a lot of gigs, queens were really feral as if you took her gig, she was not friends with you. I mean, it's still like that. (laughs) Well, yeah. People are a bit more at ease now because the drag scene's a lot more saturated with gigs these days. I think back then there was like three, four shows. And, you know, if you took a, a gal's slot back then, honey, you were mud. Claws out. Yeah, that's so funny. So mm. what was this 15-minute number? Tell me. I get read for doing... The, well, I don't get read anymore. I got read so much back in the day for doing this queen a lot. Um, but it was Beyonce's Super Bowl right in 2013 so I knew the full thing all the ad libs all the choreography the whole bit even had the microphone um <laughs> and I'm sorry to say I did that shit <laughs> never done it since because I'm not doing a 15 minute number mama no 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 <laughs> that's so funny 15 minute, and you know I can just imagine all these if the tickets hadn't been changed over Ladies' Day here in Ellie Diamond Drag Race, and then they go on it and then see her and go, Oh, <laughs> she's changed. <laughs> yeah, be like, Wow, Ellie really ended up in the car. <laughs> Look at this raggedy bitch on the stage. It's me, but you know, that is so funny. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So, you know, pre pandemic, you know, talk me through the highlights then. What were the highlights like of your drag here up until the pandemic started? Highlights of the pan. Highlights of pre-pandemic were definitely being in the What A Drag campaign. Mm-hmm. That was such a highlight for me. I'd never, ever done anything like that before. Yeah, I'd never actually ever done a, pre- a professional photo shoot before the 
uh, What a Drag campaign. So I was really, that was really an experience for me and I really learned a lot of that experience. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you, Brad. Um, another good thing was um, the beginning of 2019, um, I had Bingo That was That was a highlight for me. Um, at that time, I was really wanting my own show. And up till now, I'm glad I was able to do what I was able to do with it. And a blessing and I will always hold it near and dear to my heart um, another thing I, I, see this is the thing it gets so overcrowded hosting Pride at the age of <laughs> 20, 20 and I did um, Dundee Pride um, and the numbers that I did that day are also a highlight for me because I've never done numbers since with you know full choreography full backup dancers live singing and dancing that's that stuff that I really want to do in future and I have planned numbers like that and um, obviously when I get to do them or not that's another story mm. um but yeah so many so many fond fond memories a lot of the highlights for me are just getting to go to new places and get to gig that's really highlights for me getting to meet new people and win them over and have them come up to me after the gig and tell me how sickening I am mama and how fierce they think I am, and what's my Instagram handle? And I say, Mama, here it is. <laughs> Without doubt, that they're they're my highlights. Getting to meet people and getting to just getting to go into territory that a lot, not a lot of other local gals have been able to go to. That's that's highlights for me. That's incredible because like hosting Pride at twenty, babe. Like I hosted Pride at twenty four, and that's like incredible. You know what I mean? Like that's. That must have felt such a rewarding experience as well, because it's not just doing drag, but it's doing it for your city and for an event like Pride. You know what I mean? That really is quite, for me, it was quite an awarding experience. Did you really feel part of the community and feel yourself when you were doing that? I've, I've never felt more part of the Dundee community until that day. And... A couple of people gave me some criticism because when I spoke about it, they were like, yeah, but I bet you took a good check. And I said, Mama, I didn't take anything for hosting Pride. I didn't take a penny. I didn't take a dime for hosting Pride. I, on the day of, I rearranged the running order of main stage. I was basically the stage manager the entire day and um, telling people when they should get their asses on stage. And if they're not on stage, then Mama, you ain't getting on the stage because we've got a schedule to get to. Um, you know, that was such a, a, an amazing day because the thing that even made it better was all my regulars from Bingo Wigs and even the regulars who had no joke that first gig in 2017, the people who came to that gig were at the very front barriers at Pride cheering me on at that moment. So even at that, that was that was such a full circle moment at that at that time. That's so lovely. And do you know what? Like I would just say as someone who is a, a little bit older than you, who's been doing this a little bit longer, that... You know, I don't, I've never understood in this industry, and maybe it's because I did train, like, at acting school before I did drag, so maybe it's just that mentality I've got, but people making comments like, well, I bet you took a check, like, it's nothing to do with them if you did or didn't. Like, I've never understood people that want to try and comment on things that, if you're contracted and paid a job, that's nothing to do with them. Yeah. I'll tell you something as well, something I've really noticed that the pandemic has shown me, um, our scene, not just our drag scene, but our scene that we're in in general, um, are obsessed with knowing everything about each other. They're obsessed with feeling as if though they 
need to be involved. They are they're they truly are obsessed with not minding their own business. And you know, if I am whether I'm the best person you'll ever meet or whether I'm the most horrible person you'll ever meet, you know, you're not gonna know that unless I personally am like that to you. And you know, 99% of the time in this scene, I never am. You never are. You know what I mean? We People talk too much about too many people. Mm. You know, if you don't like someone, that's cute. <laughs> that, that, that is, that's, honestly, it's really, really cute. But why do people feel the need to be in their business? Why do people feel their need to tear them down? If you don't like someone, do what my mama told me. You don't like somebody, you say nothing. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It's funny because I have often, and I'm really good friends with Lady Rampant, and we've kind of spoke about this, that I just remember partial on a lot of these things in the drag scene. It's always been my thing because I, when I was 19 starting drag, it was very like that for me that in Edinburgh we had such a tiny scene. So, of course, we were all getting drunk together and then bitching with each other, and the cycle just kept continuing. And it was genuinely training at uni and also just working in different jobs that I realised that I don't need to have an opinion on everyone I meet. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I've always kept that. You know, my thing, actually, in the drag scene has been, I've, I've often been a bit antisocial, actually. I've never really kind of engaged a lot with drag artists. And this is why, in the pandemic, I've gotten quite pally with a lot of them and went, oh, no, you're lovely. And I'm, I'm glad we've got to know each other for social media, which has been great, because that is, that is it. But I've never understood, like, people needing to have an opinion on someone they don't really know. Like, if it's not... Yeah. You, you don't need to really care. That's it. I, I always give this advice. See to the newer queens. See these see these really, really young queens who are 14, 15, yep. 16. Um, whenever I get the opportunity to give them advice, I really do give them advice. I tell them, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in it. Because I'll tell you one thing. None of these guys are your real friends. Wow. None of them are. None of them are your real friends. You know? Unless you are seeing each other multiple times a week outside of the club, that's not a friend. That's not someone you should be confiding in. That's not someone you should be giving your tea to because the first chance they get to dob you in to make themselves feel better about themselves or feel, you know, higher in a position, they will absolutely do it. And we've seen it countless times over the past 12 months in the pandemic, gal. Yeah, it's nice. We've seen it. Yeah. And it really, it, it irritates me so much don't trust anyone. <laughs> Work with them. Be nice to people, always. Because you want to know something, you'll always find it's the people you've not met that have a bad word to say about you. Wow, yeah. That's incredible. Like- Thank you for sharing that. So talk me through a bit more then. It was, you said bingo wigs, yeah? At Church Dundee. Chat. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was that like? Because I never got to come. So chat me more about what you were doing with that. Um... I can only talk about my experience when, when I had bingo wigs. Um, when I had bingo wigs, um, the atmosphere was always electric. Um, you know, 90% of the time. You know, you can't make people drink. Sometimes you had the off night like every other show does. Like when some people just don't want to drink, sometimes the audience just aren't in that mood to be, you know, you know, they're just sometimes not in the mood for it. And you've got to accommodate it. But for the most part, um, when I had bingo wigs and when my regulars would come along, there was never a dull moment. Um, I made such a bond with just about every person in that room where I could go up to anyone and have a chat with them about something I know about them because that was just the rapport I had with these people. Mm. Um, 
the performers, my audience, I really whipped them into shape, if I'm being completely honest. My audience knew that they had to respect the performers on the stage. My audience always clapped for people, always egged people on while they're performing. Whether they're brand new and they're not doing great, or whether they're seasoned and they're having an off night, or they're seasoned and having a fabulous night, the reaction is always the same for my audience. Oh. And that was something I was really proud of because people always, people used to say to me all the time, Bingo is like my favourite show performer. Bingo is my favourite place to perform because um, the audience just, they, they support you no matter what. And that's something I'm, I was really proud of, of when I had the show. Yeah, that's honestly incredible because I'd heard such good things, but I think when you had started your show, I wasn't keeping well. So travelling to Dundee was just difficult <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. It's really incredible, though, because it sounds like it was such an electric atmosphere. And it, I saw so many amazing videos and photos on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So, yeah, that's lovely. I think audience respect is something that even after the pandemic, post-pandemic, in fact, that we're still going to have to reiterate to people because I don't know if you feel this. Like, I'm so glad Scotland was represented brilliantly by Ellie and Lawrence on Drag Race. Like, I'm so glad. But there will probably be a bit of a bigger demand now that every venue under the sun will want a drag show and every audience will want come. But maybe these audiences don't know the etiquette and think it's a free meet and greet without actually realising you don't grab a yeah. queen. Do you know what I mean? So that, to me, is a complete domino effect. That starts from the top down to the audience. And <clears throat> like you said, a lot more venues are going to try and cap on that and a lot more venues are going to want to do drag, drag stuff. Um, in their venues, but um, it's down to us queens to, just because it's a gig doesn't mean you should accept it, mm. okay? Make sure, as a drag queen, you're getting just as equally what you want out of this gig, okay? Drag gets exploited. This is this is why we're here. Drag, drag queens are made to be exploited, you know? Mm. However, we're, we, we are to be exploited at a price. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That price is to not be um, undercut. That price is to not be argued with. It's to not be debated with, okay? You're not, you're not gonna, you know, there's only one Beyonce. Same as there's only one Peaches. There's only one, the, there's only one Jordy Delight, you know what I mean? You're not gonna sit there and argue what Beyonce wants fucking paid. So why are you gonna argue what each individual drag queen telling you her worth you know what i mean so yeah a lot of these venues are going to try and do more drag stuff are all of them going to pay us the way we're supposed to be absolutely not because i'll tell you something and this is something for y'all queens out there listening <clears throat> don't undercut other queens because see if you're willing to host a show perform do the running order promote for 50 quid you're wildly underselling yourself mama wildly and at that if I've just refused to get a new bar and this new bar is wanting to pay me 60 pounds to do all that and I say no and they'll go, oh, that's fine, we'll find someone else who will because they absolutely will find someone else who will. So, gals, get it together, realise your worth, realise what lo the load of work you're doing, okay? You're spending two hours throughout the week preparing the gig. That's two hours already. You're spending four hours at the gig. That's six hours. You're spending three hours getting ready. Mama, if you were getting paid minimum wage, you'd, you'd earn more than 50 quid. Wow, that is so true. That is so true. You know, I've been saying that because, like, one of the we were really fortunate, Violet Grace and Amy Lamore and me, that we ages ago, most of our gigs that we kind of got that were probably professional gigs at the time, 
where again, yep. we got paid, I think, 65 each for 10 minutes. And even then, that wasn't a lot when you think about it because we were getting ready for about four hours. And then yeah. taxi there and back. So really, when you work out, you think, no wonder we were only doing a 10-minute set. Thank God. Yeah. Um, but I do so, agree. You were paying us well. And we feel in these places we are being respected and valued based on how we're earning. Because even though we're drag queens, yes, we love it, okay? Yeah. But drag is expensive and money is an aspect in drag. Mm. A lot of drag people go, oh, I don't care about the money. Mama, you should. You absolutely should care to some degree about the money you're making because what you do is you set an example to that owner of that venue or that bar manager about what a drag queen could be like. And see, when we feel good in our position in a workplace, we can then influence our audience how to respect us. Because if, you know, if we're securing ourselves in our bag, yeah. the audience securing us also. Yeah. And that's how it's the domino effect. It has to start from the top all the way down to the audience. And that's the only way you really get the audience's respect if you deem your job worth doing. I feel like you're giving like a TED talk and I'm here for it. It's absolutely brilliant. You're just like, young drag queens, listen. Feel <laughs> like... tea, because this is the thing, I don't open my mouth a lot. Even though you might think on Twitter I'm very vocal, I'm not vocal about the things I want to be. Same. Let's just say that. I'm really not vocal about the things I want to be vocal about because people aren't ready for these conversations. They're not ready because there will be someone every point along the way who will argue with you. Yeah. And I'm not here to argue with. I'm here to let you know the tea. And if you're not happy about it, you don't have to listen. That's so true. And I actually can really relate as an older individual. So that's quite interesting. Um, yeah. chat, chat me through more about the water drag stuff. Because obviously you mentioned earlier. And uh, when I'd seen water drag sharing images of you, I thought, oh my God, like, this is incredible. And they, they are brilliant. I get a lot of my lashes from them. So chat us more about it. I could like cry talking about what a drag filthy i could genuinely cry talking about them and how amazing and how sweet and how generous they are um brad at what a drag and dom um have given me ample opportunity um they have helped me out so much they have always valued my opinion um every time a new product comes out you best believe i've had something to do with it <laughs> filthy um brad and what a drag and Dom are the most one of some of the most creative people I've ever met. Bottom line, they are truly amazing, truly inspiring. And this is not to dish their own tea, they have their own personal lives going on too. Yeah. They have their they've got their own personal struggles, their own battles, you know what I mean? And they're still cranking out this amazing content for us. And they're still cranking out these amazing products for us and these amazing PR promos, reposting us, lifting us up, even when they feel this big you know when they're feeling small they are truly amazing um i would encourage anyone to buy their products because it's absolutely ethnically done none of their products are ever tested on animals they try and do it as environmentally friendly as possible and it's not a product that these these two people are not people who do drag these are two people who ask drag queens what do you think about this before we put it out oh wow how do you feel about this? Do you want to test it for us and give us your honest opinions? Yeah. They, they are genuinely, to me, one of the most inclusive brands for drag that are around in, you know, today. Yeah, they clearly do their market research, which is good because a lot of places, I got hired as an ambassador for Agora, this like 
this company a while ago and I was getting messages saying, could I sell stuff for them? And I was like, yeah, totally. Cause it was, it was makeup. I thought, why not? Never done this sort of stuff. And then I remember the second and third month they gave me skincare stuff. And I kind of was like, listen, like, I love that you want to give me skincare stuff. That's great. But I'm a drag queen. Surely you'd want me to promote makeup. They're like, oh, right. Well, you know, we'd rather you promote this. And I was like, well, you've picked the wrong gal, babe. Like, no. So it's good that on that research. Exactly. And um, they're just amazing. I, I don't have the words to tell everyone how amazing they are, how much they've helped me and so many other people. Like, this isn't just me, like, um, blowing smoke up their ass because they've helped me a bunch. Brad wants you, to be honest. Brad and Dom, they want your honest opinion. They want, they want to know if they're not doing enough. They want, they want to know everything. So I'm not here doing that because I know I'll be friends with them afterwards. Even if I did throw a lot of shade, I don't have no shade to throw. They're genuinely just amazing. Oh, that's great. So... So what has it been like then for you during the pandemic? You know, I talked to a lot of drag artists and artists in general, actually, that, you know, this has been a hard 14 months, especially now, actually. I think a lot of people are really fed up in a way because things are starting to open, but they're not fully open. So it's kind of that halfway point. What's it been like for you as a drag artist, you know, digital drag? And what's life been like in general? (sighs) Digital drag, pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest pain in the in arse okay um personally um the beginning of the pandemic my life fell apart my life absolutely fell to tatters I had lost me, me and my boyfriend briefly split up for a while um because it, it just we couldn't see each other and it didn't work we're not a, we, we're not a relationship that can withstand not seeing one another do you know what I mean um which is a, which is a very normal thing a lot of couples are like that um so we were split up for about five months. I did not see him this entire time for five months. Um, all my gigs ran away from me. I literally just realised I last year I lost 20 grand worth of gigs last year. Um, I'd lost, I, I'd basically lost everything at one point. You know what I mean? Except that the the roof over my head. Thank you, mother. Um, so it was, it was such, a, it was such a, an awful time. Not to mention, paired with that, everyone's mental health was affected everyone's I believe to one degree or another and I'd never ever really suffered with any major really bad mental health issues until last year wow. beginning of the pandemic so it was really really hard for me to navigate I didn't know what I was doing I had no idea what was going on I had no idea what was going on mentally because I I didn't know any of this and it took me probably about you know literally probably about four months to even go to the doctor about it you know and you're just struggling it's such a struggle that being paired with the fact that um, awful things were going on in the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. Awful things. George Floyd had just happened. Mm. The Black Lives Matter thing had just happened. And you know when there's a movement going on that you're so behind and you're so, you know, you're, you're fucking wanting to be there for it. And, but mentally, you can't even get yourself to bed. Wow. Yep. Do you know what I yep. And that point in the drag scene, everyone was turned up. People were like, oh, this person's not saying nothing. Let's call them out. And that that put, that puts your anxiety through the roof because mm-hmm. I'm sat being like I I cannot get out of bed, yeah. And I scared of not doing enough online. Online was the last place I was want to be. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So like it was such an awful time, you know. In the grand scope of things, there's other people having a way worse time. I'm not saying that, but for me mentally, it was just th- that period last year when the pandemic first started. 
was absolutely awful and I'm norm- and I'm normally a person who's really open and upfront and really transparent but um it's just not something I ever spoke about because I just thought what is what um and and scale to a lot of other people what what the fuck's my struggles compared to them do you know what I mean I'm not I'm not gonna hop on and talk about it like that but um that the first five months were the worst so 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 difficult um summertime last year in the August forward my life slowly started to repair itself thank god and um it, it was a, it was a slow up and up and up and up and up I can no longer say I'm no longer on my antidepressants hello 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 um we're back to normal I'm back to me and even though we're still in the pandemic funnily enough um things are now okay things are now okay you know beginning of the pandemic last year I was doing three looks a week wow three a week Post them on Instagram constantly throughout the entire year last year. Three three looks a week throughout all this time. You know what I mean? Didn't want to put myself there, but I just felt like I can't do my gig, so I had to compensate. And it was this weird mental thing where I thought, I need to do drag. Because yeah. the first thing I always do when I don't know what to do with myself is drag. Throw myself into my work. Produce produce something. Do something. Um, and in the beginning of this year, I got real burnt out. Mm-hmm. Real burnt out. I hit the looks up for about a month. And I tried to step the looks up, uh, and I did step the looks up. I really do believe that the looks this year have been a really good standard. And um, I'm just taking it slow now. I really took it slow. I was like, I want to be independent. I want to get my own place. I want to stop waiting on the um, drag scene opening back up, because that's not going to happen. So I said, let's get a job. So here I am. I'm now working full-time as a community support worker. I am, yes, mama, I'm going in, I'm caring for people. I feel like I'm giving back. This is it. This is me. And um, (laughs) really getting back to it, I'm roughly cracking out about one look a month at this point. But you know what? It's whatever. It's cool. I'm cool with it. I've got through the worst of it. That's been gone. I acknowledge this happened. Just like a lot of other people should acknowledge acknowledge your bad spells. Because you will absolutely have them. Don't try and brush them under the rug. Mm -hmm. Because... When you forget about a bad spell, when the next one comes along, you're not going to know how to act. You're not going to know how to act. Yeah. Yeah, so there's loads to unpack there. Like for me, with that thing with antidepressants, I felt like I was having my Oprah moment where I was like, "Well, hey, let's celebrate that." Like, but just it's honestly incredible when stuff that like happens. Um, obviously, people like I'm on antidepressants uh, for sleep issues, and they've helped me, and I've, I probably won't come off them. But yeah people that can come off stuff like that during a pandemic I mean props to you like that's incredible and I'm glad to hear that although the last first five months must have been so hard and I actually think that a lot of people went through that as well like I know I had went for that several artists not even drag artists artists had went for that because everyone was taken from them and their work is their coping mechanism so when that's taken away it's like what the fuck do I do now um it's interesting and it's just um it is honestly such an important conversation to bring that this pandemic did happen and it did feel for me in summer that there has been a lot in the drag scene that's happened that I haven't agreed with for a long time. And I was glad that conversations were brought forward. Don't get me wrong. But got to the point where I felt like for me, I had to delete all social media off my phone because I thought Mm -hmm. I go on every day and something else has happened. And, you know, this is getting very complicated for me. Like, you know, that's just how I felt about it. And this whole holding people, I totally agree with holding each other accountable. 
Mm-hmm. I totally do. I think people should be held accountable. However, there is a line between holding someone accountable and just harassing and bullying and just being awful to them, you know? There's been multiple times over the past year, people have not done stuff we've agreed with and they have been sailed down the river. Some of them, absolutely rightfully so. But this toxic mentality of we need to gatekeep who's in our scene is not realistic. Mm-hmm. You cannot stop someone from posting a look. You cannot stop... If you stop someone from working, that is a totally other level. And I just... Every time this happens, I've always thought, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? Because I, I didn't see judge, jury, executioner on your fucking itinerary. <laughs> it's so true. And for me, there was a thing that, you know, I had a guy on season two of Afternoon Delight talk about this, that conflict conflict is not abuse was a book that he was reading that you know not everyone's gonna get on with you but there's a fine line between like I had someone throw gaslighting at me ages ago and I am someone that has openly spoke about the fact that I went out with quite an abusive ex who used to gaslight me regularly so when I went at me I kind of went no 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 you don't be throwing words like this at me yeah want to cause an argument this is mm-hmm. gaslighting at all as someone that knows what it is don't yep. try that. and I get that and I spoke put that on Twitter and I remember a lot of people actually liked it and I didn't expect a lot of people in the drag scene would like it but they did and yep. this is the thing isn't it that what you're saying is really accurate actually it's just that I remember there's a phrase that's like there can be no education without mistakes and not everyone is going to get everything right 110% people that have done horrific horrible things yeah but there's just these things that we have to learn from it. We can't just go, well, you did this, so you're a bad person. Goodbye. Like, that's... that's not every, every, This thing of um, everyone being in everyone's business. Mm. Were you there? Mm. Were you there? Or are you just reading what people are wanting you to read? That's it. Let's, let's put it that way. Are people just telling you what they want to tell you? And are you just taking from it what you're choosing to take from it? Wow. Because a lot of sadly do I don't know if they do it intentionally or unintentionally or consciously or subconsciously it it seems everything seems to be twisted in one way or another everything seems to be it seems to be an echo it doesn't seem like it's coming straight from someone it seems like it's just being echoed around Chinese whispers that's what they call it everything changes you know what I mean some one one person to the next to the next to the next you've got a totally different story but you're at person five and at this point in the drag scene when things open back up, what are you going to do when you see that gal in the club? Yeah. What are you going to do when you've been on Twitter and you've been on your social media and you have torn her to pieces? What are you going to do when she stood right in front of you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Would any of these gals walk up to you and tell you how they felt? No. They'll wait until they leave the club and then tweet. That's it. I'm not that type of gal. I'm not that type of gal. I've said multiple times this entire time. Anyone who has had anything horrible to say about me, I cannot wait until I see them. Because I'm that bitch. I will have it out with you. I will talk it out with you. And see if I know you're being a clown, I'll make you feel like a clown. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, I'm not not that type of gal. You know what? I indulged in the Twitter BS for a moment. And then I kind of realized, like, gal, I ain't that that type of bitch. No. 
I can never get everything out that I want to say. <laughs> the character limit. <laughs> That's so funny. And I know I've got a very specific point of view from where I've grew up, people I've grew up around, experiences I've had. Not everyone's going to agree with what I've got to say, but you know what? Oh, well, that's life, hun. You're, not everyone's going to agree with you. Not everyone's going to get your point. And you know what? Are you going to hold people to the cross because they said something you don't like? No. Interesting, yeah, yeah. What is then, on a like more positive and fun note, what is your favourite performance that you've ever done so far? Ooh. Or um, free if you want free, because a lot of people will go, oh, do I only have to pick one? And I'm like... <laughs> So I literally just watched this performance the other day and I was still, I was still like, oh girl, you better get it. So that was um, my Pride um, Beyonce number at Pride where I sung live and danced and had my backup dancers and did the whole shebang. Um, I did that shit. That was one of my favourite performances. Another performance that is one of my favourite things to perform is Burning Up by Jessie J. All right. Okay. I love that song. That's that song can get me crunk. Like, you have no idea, mama. And the last one, <clears throat> I've only done it in my living room. <laughs> only do- <laughs> because it is everything I've wanted to do that I can now do. And I truly, for anyone listening, when the clubs are back and when I can get my ass back on stage, you're, you're seeing the... Remember my old remember my old Instagram handle, Miss Peaches 2.0? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the real Miss Peaches 2.0, mama. This is the real bitch. Because I've got so I've got a lot of new stuff in my wheelhouse now. I've got a lot of new tricks on my sleeve. I've been learning new things, more visual things with light, lighting and props and to incorporate, to incorporate into what I do originally, which is the high energy, you know rave dance shit oh yeah i've been mean, the perfect partner to that i'm not braving up my arse at the end of the performance and i can still kill it and make you feel like what the fuck's just happened um so i've not done this last performance shit on stage but when i do the scene will know about it <laughs> i didn't know you could sing i can i choose not to because i'm a way better singer in the room and like see when i don't have an audience see when i have an audience i psych myself out i get so in my head right. um, and then i forget I forgot how to breathe. But that day at Pride, um, I was very comfortable. I was very comfortable. So I was able to sing my little Beyonce and do my dancing, and it was fun. It was everything it needed to be. That's brilliant. Because my thing now is, during the pandemic, I've been doing singing lessons again, because I used to sing at school, and then, you know what it's like, teachers put you off for years. Um, and I want to, when things open, just be a drag singer now. I don't really want to lip sync anymore. So I totally, uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear you sing then. So we are looking at, hope in season three of Afternoon Delight, you know, one moment where things were a bit shit or didn't really go very well, or even just what hope means to you. And I would love for you to share your answer. I think hope means to me what it means to every other person. Hope to me is being able to do what I love. Bottom line, it means I can have a loving relationship, have a loving family. means I can have loving friends, an amazing career, and above all else, being able to, in that, stay true to myself and love myself Mm. um, and happy with myself. Um, That's not something a lot of people get in life. And that is something I hope I get to have in life. Because if I have that, gal, I've got, I've done it. I've I've done it. I don't don't need nothing else. If I can have all of those things, 
I couldn't care about the rest. The rest is gravy. You know, any any good accomplishments you've got, that's just gravy on top, you know? Was there, was there ever one low moment where things really looked a bit bleak and hope got you through it? Not going to say that. That's the trick of warning. Um, a moment where hope got me through, a low moment where hope got me through. To be honest, within that five months of the pandemic, because um, the only thing that got me through were my dreams mm. and my hopes and things like you just know when something is destined for you and there's so much that I know is destined for me and you know don't mistake you know what I'm doing now with my destiny ultimately because I could be doing I could be in one lane right now but mama my, my destiny is not more than two lanes away I could switch lanes very quick so it's yeah, it was it was pretty much hope that got me through that five months of knowing what I'm destined for. And, you know, everyone else that's something I think everyone else should kinda of live by too. Don't be don't be down on yourself because your look didn't go the way you wanted it to. Do you think a five years time people are gonna give two flying shits that, that one look didn't go to the plan? No, people aren't gonna care. Be a nice person, be nice to people, you know? That's what people are gonna remember. That's inspiring. That's so lovely. Thank you for sharing that. It's brilliant. So huh nearly at the end nearly at the end is there anything you would like to promote before we finish with the last question uh, so um is this the place to say it i don't know because i've not even and i've not whispered a peep of it yet go for um, it nah i'm gonna wait till the promo's out um so i have one thing in dundee that will be coming very soon wow um Wink, wink. Um, I have um, my, I have an, oh, 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 I have um, a certain product or not that may, you know, make an appearance soon. Um, I, um, my peach, the podcast, the peach cast. Yep. Um, I am just about to begin the process of doing season two. Um, I am going to have some, stellar guests, some stellar topics, some, you know, just some good old fucking fun, you know, on the Peachcast. And I think uh, Peachcast really makes people's, podcasts in general just make people's days a lot brighter and a lot better, especially when you can make them laugh. Um, what else do I have coming up? To be fair, I don't have much coming up right now. And you can buy my wax melts at the wax stop. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> not wax melts. Why am I on here promoting wax melts? Um, but, <laughs> You can follow me on Instagram at <laughs> uh, Official Miss Peaches. You can follow me on Twitter. I was actually my old Twitter handle. My old Twitter got uh, suspended. Don't know why, because people are haters. Um, my new Twitter handle is at Peaches DQ for Drag Queen. Um, Amazing. To be fair, don't, don't follow me on Twitter. I speak big as a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> just, just follow me on Instagram. That's good enough. See, I'm really bad at this stuff. I, I hate promoting shit for myself. <laughs> I hate it too, don't worry. But like, I think I totally relate and I'm glad that you did before we finish with the last question. It's been honestly a delight having you and genuinely it's, it's, it has been inspiring because I just think for your age and your mentality, I can see big things coming in the fast lanes, definitely. Just obviously don't get too burnt out because I am bad at my age at 26 still getting burnt out, but I'm sure things you're clearly resetting and 
taking a lot of time. So absolutely brilliant. We end every episode with an inspiring quote, lyric or mantra, affirmation, just a phrase and let me know yours before we end off the episode. It's a very inspiring thing I need to say to everyone. This is to all my baby drag queens. If you want a good nude lipstick, call a match a bum hole. (laughs) (laughs) The purest nude on your body is the colour <laughs> of your asshole. <laughs> the funniest entrance and the funniest outro. Give it to you. You are comedy queen through and through. <laughs> She's comedy queen. She's the comedy queen. This is me. Miss Peaches, thank you for giving me such a good laugh and all my listeners. It's been an absolute delight. Honestly, Jordi, thank you so much for having me. Um, people never usually invite me on their podcasts, but um, hopefully after today I get a lot more requests. Um, but no, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for always being so nice to me and so kind. Um, it's always appreciated and it doesn't go unseen. Um, you are a star. Thank you, Jordy. Oh, that was so lovely and wholesome. <laughs> thank you for a lovely outro comment. That was very sweet to call me a star. I think that you are a star on the rise in. Uh, I'm definitely keeping my eye out for you. Who knows, maybe we're going to be on Drag Race together one day. I mean, uh, Put the energy out there. Let's hope that comes back. <laughs> Although, to be perfectly honest, I don't think I'd want to be on Drag Race with Miss Peaches because I think I'd lose. <laughs> I don't want to lose Drag Race if I get on. Um, absolute delight having Miss Peaches. She actually retweeted uh, my video earlier, funnily enough, as I'm editing this, um, <laughs> say it, uh, saying she thought uh, she was obsessed with me. I was kind of like, Mariah Carey, like, why are you so obsessed with me? But, um, yeah, she's an absolute delight. She's a wee gem. Um, she's got a good heart on her but I wouldn't get on a wrong side. I think being a Leo, that usually is the case. <laughs> but she's absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to see her in person and book her for my show and vice versa. She's just a wee gem. Um, definitely light-hearted, fun. I think we all need that right now. That Supermoon Scorpio fucking knocked everyone bammy. So I think, yeah, Leo's to the stage. Aquarius is behind the scenes running the fucking operations. Um, it's going to be such a great time the next few months and I had my second vaccine everyone so I'm going to be on Grinder later tonight um, getting my hole and uh, you won't hear from me until Tuesday when the orgy is finished but until then stay safe and um, remember that nude lipstick matching it to your bum hole as Miss Peaches said you know she is a a makeup guru and she clearly um, I mean I trust her judgement I don't really kind of want to get a rash though, so I think I'll leave a nude lick for now, Hen, but thank you. Join me tomorrow on Afternoon Delight with the lovely Carmen Moore, um, based in Berlin. She is a playwright and erotic prose fiction writer, and uh, behind the infamous Smut Slam event that you don't want to miss this, I think we need that as well. We all need the energetic, fun vibes just now, so yeah. But until then though, stay safe, and as always, remember, to breathe.